after our first Nutton Hall of Fame football edition, where we're looking at those who should be considered for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what's next? The Baseball Hall of Fame. And that's going to be happening pretty soon. So what do we do? What do we look at? We look at those who we probably should consider. And we've got a pretty good group here. I'll introduce myself first. Kirk Buckner, owner, operator, not in Hall of Fame.com. Uh, we'll just move on from left to right. So, Evan. Uh, Evan Nolan, uh, bourbon enthusiast and uh, contributor to uh, not Hall of Fame.com and co host on the uh, official podcast of not Hall of Fame.com, the Buck Stops Here. Mm-hmm. All right, Vinny. Uh, Vinny Laspinuso, also a contributor to NotInTheHallOfFame.com and also a longtime uh, associate of yours. <laughs> um, and, the, and also the youngest one here by um, by a couple, by I think like a year and then the massive gap afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Great, well done. Uh, Ted. Uh, Ted Crackett, uh, not a contributor, just a super fan for all things Hall of Fame, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. Um, follow them all. all right, sounds good. Alec. Alex Tessitore, just a massive sports nut. Go Jays. Here's Mr. Shapiro. You better sign Springer or Bauer, or else <laughs> you're going to have a big problem here. Nice. Oh, wow. Okay. Dave. <laughs> uh, invited guest uh, at LHD on sports on Twitter. Uh, just Met up with Kirk on Twitter and invited me to this forum. A big, big baseball fan, football fan, so participated in both forums. Look forward to the discussion. All right, beauty and Glenn. Uh, Glenn Palowski, just a sports fan that got roped into this mess. Uh, Bills <laughs> Mafia, Sabers, Yankees. That's about it. And it is a mess. It is a mess. And <laughs> so let's start off with a mess here, guys. Uh, the biggest mess that I can think of, it's, it's not Kurt Schilling, we're going to get there, is Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Two guys who are in their ninth year of eligibility. Uh, I can speak for Evan here when I say this. And Evan, stop me if I'm, if I'm wrong here. We've got a pair of guys who probably would have been in the pro in the baseball hall of fame already had there not been certain issues that existed in terms of what is legal in baseball. Am I right in that? I I think I think it's really I think it's really uh I think the writers kind of overreacted to it, though. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think there's no question that Clemens and Bonds would be high first bow Hall of Famers at the top of the pyramid if you're going to do that, but for the steroid allegations. Um, I also agree with Alec, though. Once we have my problem with this whole thing, it's once we have Bud Selig. And yep. once we have Joe Torrey mm-hmm. and Bobby Cox and Tony LaRussa. Yeah, but all, all those guys were the coaches of these guys. Mark McGuire's not the Hall of Fame because he used steroids. 
Tony LaRusso was his coach, was his right. manager. No effect, right? So the fact that everybody else involved is somehow in the Hall of Fame and the people who are now passing judgment on McGuire, I don't know if uh, uh, Vinny and Alec, you guys were, may not even been alive at this point. <laughs> but when when uh, McGuire's Sosa home run chase happened, I can't remember what who the who the reporter was, but they're outside McGuire's locker. And he saw the little vial, whatever it is, yes. on a help shelf locker. That shows you how open it was. He didn't even bother to hide it. Mm-hmm. On the top shelf of locker, I believe it was the Androstrom. It was yes. up there. Uh, the Andro. On yeah. the locker. Yeah. It was all everywhere at that time at typical GNC stores. Right. Well, he, he, yeah, he, but it was he, still there. The reporter asked about it. And it was caught on video, too. It was on mm-hmm. video. What, did, what happened to the reporter? You guys remember? Nothing. Oh. He got he got railed out by his oh, colleagues. Okay. All of his colleagues, all of his colleagues accused him of invading Mark McGuire's privacy, and all those guys who are writing those things are now saying Mark McGuire can't get in the Hall of Fame because he used a thing that none of them cared about at the time. The fact mm-hmm. that, as we always call him, the curly-haired boyfriend, right, <laughs> out the Boston Globe, and all of his ilk are now doing that is. Insane, and I understand the argument that we want to keep the sport pure. But you tell me when that point was. Never. never. That's the never question. Pure. Never. It was never pure. It was it's always never been cronies. pure. It's no. They can pretend all they want, and hell, even guys that are already in. I mean, I understand there's some saying that oh, just because of people like that doesn't mean we should have it afterwards. But at the same time, I see go see people year by year, and I see more and more people feel like. These people were martyrs in a way. And I, I mentioned this on, on like, like if anything, the more they keep keeping these people out, the more these people become martyrs, fans. Like, and the more they keep saying no, the more animosity and the more anger that's directed towards the media and the less respect that a lot of fans have for it. Yeah, there might be some that say otherwise, but at the same time, you know, they're also they're also guilty of just lying in general and fortunately more and more people are speaking out against that okay so so Vinny you're you're obviously younger than a lot of us here uh what is your take in terms of Maguire Sosa that whole thing because like uh, with with what Evan said like uh, a lot of us we remember that whole home run record that whole home run record chase rather this is one well, of my personal opinion. Yeah. Palmero, Canseco, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, <laughs> Clemens, Sheffield, Ramirez. Hell, I'd even go as so far and say Cano. Mm-hmm. I have no problem going for any of them. <laughs> I'm, as, okay. I'm as blunt as that. I know that sounds kind of bold no, saying no, that, but fine. I really don't care. It really comes down to that. Yeah. I really don't care, mainly because – I just find that so many people from baseball are just are just so full of it and they're just so full of hypocrisy to the point where I feel bad for Joe Jackson and I feel bad for Pete Rose because the these these people, these people who have assassinated their character constantly and constantly over and over again, they're begun to see those people that they've been trying to attack for all those years are being seen as the good guys by many fans. And you know, Shaughnessy and all these other people alike Stephen Marcus, uh, all of them. I, I think they've just done an incredible damage to the sports reputation from fans. I mean, granted, they may see the game, but 
they're starting to really like and appreciate the hall less and less and less as the years goes on. Mm-hmm. And also, when you have someone like Selig in there, when you have someone like, you know, La Russa and Cox and Tory, people that knew exactly what was going on and they didn't care, but, you know, because they get a the players the that bat. got them there. Yeah, the players Not that got them Right, I understand. Right. I understand why there might be a case against it, but at the same time, don't tell me that you know, it was always bad. No, everyone knew. All the people that are voting, all of them knew. They're just trying to save face because they're trying to pretend the sport's so pure. When in reality, it never has been pure. Mm-hmm. Nothing is pure. The more you keep pretending it's pure, the more people are going to realize it's not. I mean, look at Ellen DeGeneres. So oh. many people again and again so many people say that you know oh she's so nice but you know a lot of people also figure that you know maybe there's some smoke behind maybe there's some smoke behind that curtain it turns out a lot of people don't really see her that way and it's more than meets the eye you can you can put on whatever facade you want but at the end of the day people know how yeah, you yeah here's are. an actress that we didn't think we'd talk about but yeah that's all right it's all good yeah it, it's I'll, sort of I'll like that it's Leo moon fry my friend I'm waiting for Salil moon fry well, yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I really don't care. I, I mean, even if, if you're doing steroids after it's banned, honestly, so many people do it. It's it's one thing about getting caught, and uh, considering they do it so much, and because yeah. like you know, cheating it, it happens. I don't care. Uh, you know, they do it so yeah, much. I'm, Don I'm, even cheated too. I'm I'm kind of with Vinny on this, and and Evan, my apologies because I, I know that you and I we've talked about this so many times, uh, but I know that we're in the same boat here. Major League Baseball made their decision after 2004. Yes. As to what was considered good or what wasn't. So, if you were not caught before that before that divining line, I generally don't care. So, with Bond, Sosa, uh, Clemens, tell Please me. Hmm. Ortiz is in the same exact report as Sosa. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. Ortiz. Yeah, but people okay, but, but let's forget about Ortiz because Ortiz isn't here. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about him next year. So, but for those three, is there anyone here who can tell me why any one of them should not be in the Baseball Hall of Fame based on <laughs> the fact that C-League is in? Go on, Dave. I think, I think, I think Dave wants the floor. Oh, <laughs> All right, do it. First of all, respect both sides of the argument. Uh, what you guys make good points, what was legal, what wasn't legal. What, what frustrates me about particularly, I'll just say Bonds, uh, Clemens, Sosa, to an extent, Sheffield and Ramirez, all of them had the talent to be in the Hall of Fame on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you look at, to me, there's like a dividing line where you can almost just like look at the statistics and see just where it just got jacked up literally. True. Um, and, and all of a sudden they become from eh, all stars to superhuman. Uh, now you might say, you know, of course Bonds had the career after the age of 38, 39, whatever it was that just, you know, to, in my opinion, he saw what happened to McGuire and Sosa. I think he was clean up to that point and was mm-hmm. just like, these guys are getting this adulation. I'm sitting here working my ass off and not getting the credit. I'll show you guys, uh, you know, you take a guy with his talent, which is far superior to, to Sosa and McGuire. And, uh, and and apply that, and you saw what happened. If you look at kind of Clemens before the Toronto couple seasons, he was suddenly kind of a 500 pitcher. It looked like he was petering out. And I'm an Astros fan. He shows up at age 42 in Houston and suddenly won the 0.89 ERA, winning Cy Youngs. 
then shockingly in the first game of the World Series, his groin gives out, you know, as if uh, that, that nap the 42-year-olds who are uh, maybe on something. So it just frustrates me. So in my opinion, I, I, I would hold back my vote uh, for those guys, uh, not that they weren't talented in their, in their era, not that they didn't deserve. I was a huge Bonds fan growing up. Uh, you know, almost my idol almost got like an earring with a cross thing or not. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I, I, I just struggled to, to push the button with those guys. Uh, McGuire's a little different. He, he may, uh, he, 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 he did PDDs, but, um, his statistics are, are almost a little bit more questionable than some of the other guys. Home run, century. batting average, and some other guys, but, um, I'm offering both sides. I'm a counterpoint. I'm not saying I I completely understand if the writers two weeks from now put in Bonds and Clemens. I'm not going to boycott or say, well, that was a mistake. I'll just say there's two sides of the argument. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm on one side. Most of you guys are on the other. Yeah, no, I I hear. I I think the other thing, too, for me personally, and again, this is my personal opinion. All of those writers voted for Clemens, Bonds, MVP, Cy Young over and over. Are we saying that they didn't know what they were doing? Of course they did. They did. And now we're saying – and now a lot of those guys are Hall of Fame voters. And now now they're moral? Yeah. I'm not saying the voters are on any sort of high ground at all. No, yeah, and, and I, I think that's where I have a problem with that. Uh, oh, so we have we have the steroid guys before it was banned. Yeah. Or, then what happens though when we turn it to somebody? Here's the rule, and then you break it. So you have a Manny. Yeah, Robinson Cano's going to have a hard time getting in. Exactly, but right yeah. now yeah. it's Manny. Now it's Manny. And so. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, for me personally, like I'm okay with Bonds and Clemens. I'm not okay with Manny Ramirez because Manny knew what was going on in terms of the rules of yeah. baseball. It was kind of funny. It's actually kind of funny. He was suspended for a woman's fertility drug. Well, that too. You know? So, so as, as a Red Sox fan in the room here, I will say that Manny Ramirez does not have my vote for Hall of Fame. As great as we would not win two championships without him, uh, we would not have the greatest cutoff from the outfield of all time. Him cutting Johnny Damon off, we would not have Manny being Manny. But Manny, Manny tested positive not once but twice after thing was placed. I know we're not talking about Ortiz today. Ortiz's name was leaked from Mitch Report allegedly that he was on there, but there was no evidence that he was on there or True. not on there. Was it Sosa on that too? It was, it was him and A-Rod were the two names that were leaked. Those are the only two names that were leaked. A-Rod later tested positive. Ortiz never did. So for me, there's an easy dividing line there, and that may make me sound like a homer. But when it comes to Ramirez, I have no trouble saying, you got caught afterwards. Kirk, I know I said in our last podcast, my yeah. least favorite athlete of all time is, is um, Heinz Ward. That's not true. Who's my actual least favorite athlete? Anyway. <laughs> You who is it? You know who it is. Right? I know who it most, is. Yeah, say it. The most despicable human on the planet. That that, that would be Ryan Braun. That would be Ryan Braun. Yeah. Okay. Ryan <laughs> yeah, Braun. That, that was. Tested, Ryan Braun not only tested positive, he tried to destroy the career of the guy who took the sample. He tried. He knew he had done it, and tried to get that guy 
busted and lose his job. Mm-hmm. That guy should not even be on the baseball field, let alone in the Hall of Fame. He should have been, I don't know, fraud something. It was so bad. You know, that dude has no point. I'm glad I, the Brewers should never win anything as long as I'm the, the day he retires and they win something. <laughs> Ryan Braun needs you know, to be stricken from the books, right? And that's my divi- but that's my dividing line too. Yeah, Evan feels about him the way I feel about Sarah Ford. Rogers bet he like bet his house that Aaron Rod- that Ryan Braun wouldn't test positive. Whoa, whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. story. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. That he would or would not? That he would bet his bet. I think he was, he would bet something. I don't know what it was. We said, said, uh, oh, if he couldn't believe Ryan Bond was on HGH. He yeah. bet his relationship with Danica Patrick. Like, what the hell is going on here with that? On a, a lesser player, though, that what about somebody like Pettit who tested and then says, hey, I did it? You know, and, and I that, that's a great thing. Uh, and, and I've said this on the show that I do with Evan, you know, weekly. Uh, Andy Pettit is the poster boy for how to sort of like, hey, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and here's how to do it. Yeah. Which is no pretty much I, I fucked Same up and here's what I did. And I, I, again, for me, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what Andy Pettit sort of like did overall. I don't know that he's border, but yeah, yeah, but he handled it better than anyone. I think an, an interesting question here for me personally, and I want to hear from a lot of you, is Sammy Sosa because like Sosa is statistically someone who should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. But so for me, I, if I had, let's say this year I had my my ballot, yeah, I would not vote Sosa, not because I, I he's I think he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. I would not vote him because he's in his ninth year and he's at twenty one percent. So I'm I feel that I'd be wasting a vote because it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. His he has no chance in the current way. And if I'm going to, if I'm limited on my votes, I'm giving it to somebody else. Okay. That's, okay. But, then there's the but, but if you're not eliminating your votes, is Sammy Sosa, Ted to you, a hall of famer? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Cause like for Sosa, because there's the, also the court bat incident. Yeah. Who cares about that? Well, I, mean, I mean, you can say the same thing for George Brett and <laughs> no one cares about that. But, there, yeah, but there's a lot more with Sosa. And, and, and here's the question yeah, I want to ask all of you. Because uh, Sammy Sosa, and, and, and again, I say this to the, to the older crew here. More I'm mature, old. my friend. The more mature. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So to the people who are not Vinny and Alec, we remember when the Maguire Sosa battle for the hall for the single season hall title. Phase. Right. Okay. So Sosa was a media darling. Mm-hmm. And some of us don't remember that, but he was, uh, the media loved him until they sort of figured out that he was a piece of shit. Let's just be honest. Uh, Rick Riley in Sports Illustrated 
sort of came out with something where he came, where he asked him to, you know, t- take a test on PEDs and Sosa wouldn't. And that was the catalyst for people realizing like, okay, Sosa was just playing the media. Okay, which is fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with an athlete doing that. They all do that. But he got, once the media sort of like realized that Sosa was playing them, he's like way below Gary Sheffield. They have a, they have a, the thing that I never really liked about the baseball media is that they hold so deep grudges. Like Jesus sure. Christ, I'm trying to have a whole science. Like this stuff is why people hate them so much. Like, and with Sosa, like he never tested positive for it. And they're just making those alleged assumptions. If you, okay, okay. I like you. Yeah. But, but, but there was also sort of the thing that happened in Congress where Sammy Sosa who love talking to the media, then all of a sudden, like when it came to Congress, forgot English. Oh, I don't remember. I totally forgot that. Yeah, he got oh, up yeah. there and they asked him questions. He said, Lo siento, no hablo inglés. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and it was embarrassing. It was one of those things where, like, okay, you're a fraud, but. Now you've got a bunch of media people thinking like, oh my God, I was played. Because Sammy Sosa, and this is not against Gary Sheffield, but Sammy Sosa, if you look at the so, the stats between Sheffield and Sosa, how is Sosa this much below Sheffield if we're not looking at this? And, and maybe I'm wrong. So guys, tell me, tell me I'm right or wrong. I don't know. I think it's because Sheffield was nicer to the media. <laughs> Honestly, that, <laughs> yeah, that's Sheffield how it was like. a jackass too. Yeah, well, Sheffield then, wasn't a media darling. Oh no, I don't think he was. But I, I, th- I don't know why. I think I don't know Jeff. Like you know, I just added him on here. Like he loves Sammy Sosa, and he usually is one that really gets aggressive with people that think otherwise mm. about him. But I think with Sosa, like, I don't know. I think it's probably just because they see that incident, and I think maybe they just don't really see it as that. Maybe they're trying to forget. I don't know the thoughts of every single one of the voters, but mm-hmm. that's just my theory. And I think because of Sosa, I personally vote for Sosa. I know that he's not going to make too. it this round. I think way down. Yeah. I, I don't care. Like that's the thing. I, I know I don't share this with, with you guys, but I really don't care about this stuff mainly because like, the, the sport is so it's full of so many corrupt people and the people that are voting on it are, are frauds too. Like I really don't care. It's a museum. It's not a judge for good character. People aren't feeling character about that. I mean, I, I really don't care. Like no, that, that's a really, that's really the defining line. I really just do not care okay. when it comes to it. Right. I, I, so I, anyone else here? Um, I think what also turns off writers is Sammy Stokes' really high strikeout rate. Yeah, that too, but I don't think it's... I mean, 600 home runs, you can't... I mean, that's how They're not going to look look at that. Whoever... If they're trying to say that, they're just trying to deflect away from anyone that's actually asking them the real question. Let's be real here. There's there's something pathological in the sport about Sosa anyway. First of all, going back to you, Vinny, I mean... 
imagine how much how much more popular baseball would be if the people in charge of it actually like the sport. Oh yeah, I mean, can you imagine that? Yes. Like, like Sosa, Sosa McGuire. Like the reason it's why I don't care is because like these people are the reasons to why the sport had a big resurgence in the late nineties, yeah. and that's yeah. why I don't care. I mean, hell. They're yeah. all doing it, and and at know, that point, they didn't care what they were taking. They were just bringing in the dollars and saving the sport. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, they but, didn't care. Evan, yeah. Evan you've got something that you want to. Coaches didn't care. Yeah. No one, no one cared. It just, it just comes down to the fact that you know, no one, no one cared. And all the writers that are trying to stay safe face and trying to cover their own ass. We know you're full of it. We all know who you are, and we all know what you thought of then, and we all know where to find you on Twitter. And we know that most of us cannot stand you. Damn. Let's not threaten anybody. Damn. Oh, no, I'm not threatening them. I'm just letting them know that, you know, we know we know what you thought of. We know where you live. Oh. But going, going back to Sosa a second. Like, I live in – I'm a Red Sox fan. I now live in Chicago. I married into a Cubs family. And the weirdest thing to me about Sosa here in Chicago now is he's not even allowed at Wrigley – until he personally apologizes to the Ricketts family, who wasn't even the owners at the time. Oh, like, wow. there's something that oh, goes beyond it with Sosa that I don't get. I, not just, like, in Chicago, there's, like, this weird pariah status about him, but, like, throughout baseball that doesn't exist with – I mean, let's be honest. You guys don't remember when Sheffield was the shortstop in Milwaukee, like Vinny and Allen, forced his way out of there because he was unhappy with playing time and ended up on – the greatest baseball team ever. He forgot the 1992 San Diego Padres <laughs> five all-star starters and then traded all of them within 12 months. Um, What's my case? Yeah. Alomar, McGriff, mm. Sheffield, Benito Santiago. And I can't remember the other, Tony Fernandez. I think was the other one. Like that was, a um, but, but he forced his way out. He was not a popular guy. He was a, just call him prickly is a nice way of, of describing his personality, right? Had an awesome batting stance. But, like, he's there's no good reason I can think of. I mean, there at no point was Sosa less popular in baseball than Gary Sheffield. Would you agree with that during their careers? Is there any point where Gary Sheffield's Q rating was higher than Sammy Sosa's? No, Sosa's was always That'd a better be- player than Sheffield. Probably oh, early in the careers because right. Sosa took the a little Texas years white. Yeah, yeah. But again, once once that home run season happened, from then on it was Sosa. Yeah. Yeah, but we're also talking about like whether he was better or not. It's whether he was more popular. Correct. And that particular year, it was McGuire and Sosa like and I remember this. It was like McGuire and Sosa like chasing the record, which is sort of strange to me because it was really not so- Sosa had nothing to do with it. It was McGuire chasing it, and Sosa like, "Hello, I'm here." They needed a second person to kind of push it or make kinda, it. Yeah, it was. It was, and the media just sort of loved him. And. The That's the year I, after the strike, too. So that's brought baseball back. Yeah, and, the, and the reason I bring that up, it, it, it's not just so much that Sosa was a bad guy. I mean, a lot of people will say that he is, but... You can feel that way. Well, some of the media do. I, 
do I? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have no idea. But, but here's what I think. There were a lot that when they were looking at Sammy Sosa at that particular point in time who loved him and promoted him and when it all came to the end, some of the other players said, like, no, this guy was a piece of crap. And when Sosa left the Cubs, uh, the lot, and I would, I was trying to find it and I couldn't. So the end of Sammy Sosa for the Cubs was, you know, like the last game, he didn't even, sh- like he left before the end of the game. And there was another Cubs player who just took his baseball bat and just like whacked the crap out of his, uh, his boombox. No one cared. Because, like, they just figured, like, okay, you know what? Screw this guy. So, and, and the reason I bring that up is I think because a lot of the, lot of the people in the media just fell, fell for Sammy, just realized afterwards, oh, shit, we were played. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But we're talking about people who are voting for people who they've met. Mm-hmm. And why is Sammy Sosa, whose stats is way less than Gary Sheffield, or sorry, way higher than Gary Sheffield, this much lower? And Glenn, I, I'm sort of glad you're here because we're going to be talking about... Uh, Character. Yes. Character. <laughs> I see the quotes, Vinny. I, I, I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I need one to add a lot thing, more quotes because... One other thing knows. to add, though, is for Sheffield and um, Sosa, mm-hmm. really, maybe home runs or whatnot, but if you dig into, like, war and everything like that, they're very, very close within, like, a couple points, two, three points. So analytics, they're extremely um, But again, I think it's because, and we're only talking, I mean, it seems like a lot, but we're only talking about 20% right now. Um, I think it is what I was saying. I'm not going to vote for Sosa because he's closer to being off the ballot. And up until this year, really, you had a backlog of ballots. You mm-hmm. had a lot of guys where people, some of these voters were maxed out on the number of the votes. I think this year we've cleaned off a lot of guys and maybe people aren't going to vote their max 10. They're going to vote eight or nine. You have room to add him. Um, But then they're going to think, well, if I add him at this point, what's the point? I'd rather give it to Bobby Abreu so he can stay on the ballot than go, than go a Sosa because Sosa's just not getting in period. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. You don't and, think people are throwing a vote for real quick. The other guy who who's not here anymore, that same thing was Palmero. If you look at his stats, when it looks at when you look at war, this guy probably trumped both of them and the guy True. he's gone already. The reason why he's the reason why he's gone is because that was also he also came in a time where they were having very impulse reactions to it. And again, I I mean, I, pretty much a sofa. I, I just, I just, I just see these people as martyrs. I, I see them as 
I see I see them as heroes and I see the media as villains. That's that's honestly how I how I view it. I, I just I just uh, see I just. I'm, I'm actually Vinny. I'm glad you sort of like brought that up in terms of the whole thing of martyr. Uh, and this is a really good segue into when we talked about shilling. Uh, martyr does exist, whether we want to admit that or not. Uh, when I put the site together, one of the first people I got to interview, and I'm so happy I did, was Pete Rose. And when I talked to Pete Rose, he said directly to me was – I'm a lot more famous because I'm not in the Hall of Fame. Sounds like something Pete would say. Mm-hmm. Well, it's no, but, but, but it's true. true. It's true. And then he'd so, charge, charge you $2,000 for an autograph. Sorry. <laughs> That's pretty cheap. No, you're right. And he gets hey, the long hey, lines when he's in Cooper's hey, Town hey, for Hall of Fame weekend with his, with, with his signing booth. Yeah, true. I will say that I did not have to pay to to talk to him. Evan can tell you who I had to pay to talk to, and it was not and it was not Pete Rose, Tito Santana. But that's another story. Uh, I I would say, like you know, I think I know this may not be as popular, but I do think eventually, when all said and done, I, I do feel like the ultimate goal of mine is to have both Pete Rose and Joe Jackson. Eligible. That is okay, my okay, okay but dream the, but they're not on the ballot, Vinny. So I know that's my ultimate dream yeah, goal. So let's die. talk about Kurt Schilling and yeah. uh, <laughs> and Glenn, because like you're you've been blocked by I Kurt. have been blocked by Kurt Schilling. Okay, uh, and it had more to do with again Kurt Schilling being Kurt Schilling on Twitter, and I made some. Not an off-color comment, but I said, okay, why should I take any advice from an individual who lost $25 million in a video game company? And then that's, that's when he blocked me. And not, not that I'm hurt over it, because, mm-hmm. again, he's gone downward since then with his views and whatnot that are, I guess, cringeworthy, I, I'll put politely. But yeah, and I mean, looking at his career, he was a good picture, is a good picture. Uh, we talked about it earlier, second half of his career, he really came through. I personally would have liked to see more than 216 wins, but again, with the advanced stats, wins aren't all they're cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's got 3,000 strikeouts, which again is Hall of Fame worthy. But then if you're going to, and again, we kind of touched on it earlier, if you're going to have a character clause in your Hall of Fame, what, is, what does that mean? I mean, what okay. boundaries are we going to put at it? And I'll let a lot go, but if you're going to talk about homophobia, Islamophobia, uh, any other type of phobia that he keeps spouting off, I, I got to draw that line there. Mm-hmm. And that's just me personally. I mean, I, I just find it interesting that there's, I mean, I went to a Catholic college prep school and we had an athletic hall of fame. We've had some people go into the pros and I just find it ironic that if we did something stupid, we could get pulled out of that Hall of Fame. Now, I'm not saying anyone in the Baseball Hall of Fame should be pulled out. I'm just saying that going forward, can we be better? Can we evolve? And when that person up there is speaking, giving his Hall of Fame speech, should we be cringing on what he's going to say, knowing full well who he is going into that speech? And that's all I'll say about show. 
Okay. I, I think I understand that, but at the same time, like, it's the same thing. I don't think most people really care about that. I think just the average person doesn't really care about his political views. I understand it. But they're not necessarily political views. I mean, when did homophobia, Islamophobia, transphobia become politics? I mean, that's just human dignity. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, I think the argument would be he thought of the opinion. It's kind of it's a little, it's a little it's kind of yours is kind of like fuzzy. It's sort of like robotic. Yeah, your connection's a little weird. I mean, uh, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, uh, he got into a little uh, argument with uh, the people of ESPN over evolution. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to have to log like, off and log back on. Yeah, your, your voice is real screwed up, so. All right, go ahead. Go, Vinny. Okay, the reason as to why I kind of feel that way about chilling is because, well, let me explain to you where I'm from. I'm from a town that is very red. I'm from a country that is very red, in an area that is very red. Um, if you were to ask people around this area what they think of Kurt Schilling, they'll tell you that they think he's being ostracized because of his political views. Whether that is true or not doesn't really matter. It's how they feel. And I also know that they're seeing him as a martyr. And I think the reason as to why, like, you know, now, do I support his politics? No. Do I support what he stands for as a person? No. But I think when it comes down to it, I understand that some say, oh, he's borderline. Because of who he is, sort of Pete Rose, because of who he is and what kind of he kind of represents to a lot of people, it's made him bigger than he was before, mm. in a way. And if yeah. anything, like, you know, although it could keep keep him in, keeping him out would do big for him, in a, in a sense, keeping him out could actually do a lot of damage, in a way, to the voters. Because... It'll, it'll increase the narrative that all oh, the media is for the the, the, the liberals, the left, uh, the the Hollywood elites. You know, you know, it'll say all that stuff. Yeah, and no, there's that. Uh, I, I think when it comes down to it, I just kind of feel like you know, he has the three thousand strikeouts. He's been here very, very close. Okay. And I understand that there's some that don't want to see it because okay. of like you know. So, clear so, so person, to but, that point, Vinny, I think you're right in terms of. And again, I'm just going to my personal experience where when I met Rose and he told me straight up, I'm more famous because I'm not in the Hall of Fame. He said that. So when I got that article from uh, Ted, you, you sent that article, which I read from Jay Jaffe, which I, th- I think we should talk about here. Uh, the Jay Jaffe uh, article, why he's not voting for Pete Rose. Not sorry, not Pete Rose. Uh, Kurt Schilling. Thank Schilling. you. Uh, Kurt Schilling in the, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Or I'm not even sure that he has a vote, but still, like why he he's voting. Uh, first time this year. This is his first time. Okay. He right. always posted every year his hypothetical who he had vote for, and he had always been – in Schilling's corner until he he finally got his ballot this year and for the reasons he stated, which you'll go mm-hmm. into, he chose not to. Okay. So, like, for, for me, and I, and I read that, and thank you for sending that off in our, our group chat. I think with Schilling, when it came to that, 
Jay Jaffe said, if I were to vote for this guy, I would give him a bigger platform. No, you wouldn't. You would not. Because Kurt Schilling is a bigger man because you're not voting for him. And it's going to happen again and again and again and again. And I know this sounds sort of weird to say. If you dislike Kurt Schilling, if you hate his politics, the best thing that you can do is vote for him for the for the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's honestly what I believe. I, I agree with you completely. I mean, I'm mean, looking at this perspective as someone who is from a very conservative, like you know, area. Like, look at what happened when Trump was banned from Twitter, for instance. Mm-hmm. They saw him as a martyr. Look at when Parler was taken out. They see John Macy, the guy that ran it, as martyrs. Whenever you try to block someone out, they see that you're more famous. You have been viewed by your base even stronger. They see you as someone that was fighting for the cause and was cut out because of the elite establishment. And they see that in Google, the same way they see that in the media. They see they see it like that. The more you keep telling them no, the more that's going to embolden them. It may sound crazy, that's but true. this is how society is like now, right now. Yeah. And and no, giving him a bigger no, it would not give him a bigger platform. Ignoring him is going to give him a bigger platform. If Pete Rowe was already in the Hall of Fame, I doubt as many people would be knowing who his name was. Hell, how many people would know who Joe Jackson was if he was already in the Hall of Fame? Um, you're making sure. these people martyrs. You're making these people very, very popular, and all it's doing is dec- increasing the negative reputation that your staff, your institution has had, and it's only been increasing as the years have gone on. That's how I view it. That's why I have no problem with voting shilling. Can I just move this a, a little bit differently here? I want to actually go back. So going back to McGuire in 1998, like, still nobody cared. The first time anyone really cared about steroids was when Ken Caminiti in 2002 came out and was like, oh, yeah, I'm using everything, right? And so he was on everything, and Kitseko admitted that he was using stuff. And then all of a sudden we had the, the hearings in 2004, and pretty much everyone at that hearing – so Frank Thomas, I don't know if you guys remember, he called in uh, from spring training in Arizona. But he's the only person associated with that hearing at this point who's in the Hall of Fame. Everybody else, Kitsaker refused to talk because he, he pled the he said that he wasn't going to talk because he's under investigation for drug use in Florida at the time. Rafael Palmero looked directly into the camera and said, I never use steroids, <laughs> knowing full well that wagged he his finger. steroids. Did he wag his finger? Yes, yeah. he did. And, I mean and I mean that that's what got him. Uh, Sosa forgot English. Uh, McGuire okay. got up there and said that if the asterisk putting the fifth, he said, I'm not here to talk about the past. Yeah. I'm only here to talk about the positive future. And, and the then one- he, a few years later, he makes this interview a minute and he's like crying his eyes out. Right. But the one True. person who was there who has never been accused of steroids was Schilling. And Schilling testified and was so wishy washy. About the whole thing, which is weird to think with how strident he is about everything now. He was just a non-factor. And I wonder, if, even despite his political views, if he had come out stronger in that 2004 hearing, if this would have been over years ago. If he had come out and basically been the hero of the 
moral side of the baseball writers, I think that he'd probably already be in at this point, regardless of the fact he took seventeen million dollars from the state of Rhode Island, and regardless of the fact that he bankrupted a video game company, and regardless of the fact he's kind of been a jerk for the last ten years, right? So the fact I think that 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 hearing was legitimately a dividing point for all these guys' careers. Then there's all and then there's uh, the Barry, there's the Barry Bonds thing, Balco. Well, go, okay, but we're, we're we're going to a different place here. Okay, so like, I think we sort of like talked about these guys. Here's someone I really want everyone's opinion on, Omer Vizquel. Oh, I think he's a scumbag. Wow. <laughs> Wow! Like, if, if, I'm, if these allegations are true, then uh, then he's not. I would not. He's not getting my hypothetical vote. Okay, legitimate. That's a legitimate. If those allegations are true, that's a legitimate way of holding. See what happens? I, and he was definitely had that strong of a Hall of Fame case to begin with. That, that's my point. As yeah, I don't even like when I see a ballot and they have two names on it and the scales one, it's. To me, it's trash, whatever your reasoning is. is. Yeah, if you have it, you have it, whatever. But that's just my opinion. To me, Vizquela is not a Hall of Fame-worthy player, period. Well, so I don't care about the allegations because I don't Do you think Ozzy Smith is a Hall of Fame player? Yeah. Well, Ozzy Smith had some solid offensive value. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right now, Vizquela is trending down and people are – Talking about the allegations, I don't think it has anything to do that with that. I think he's he's topped out. I think people see that. Hey, maybe he wasn't as good as people started to think he was. I grew up. Let me let me talk a little about the Smith versus this guy. So I grew up in the era where Ozzy Smith was the idol. He was yep. the bellwether shortstop, the face of baseball. The Cardinals seemed to be in the postseason every year in the eighties. Uh, you know, he was highlight reels on This Week in Baseball, all that stuff, and. Uh, Great, uh, by all accounts, a great moral character, a representative of the game. Uh, when he got into the Hall of Fame, I think I certainly, there's no question. At that time, in the public's opinion, there's no question he was a Hall of Famer. It looked like looked like a Hall of Famer. You go back and look at his numbers now, and I'm like, eh. mm-hmm. uh, Offensively, okay, he did some things. He had that one big home run. He, you know, defensively, Don't crazy, folks. Uh, yeah, and, and, and so now I'm looking at Vizquel and, and, and great comp. It's like, okay, it's basically the same type of player. Great defensively. When you do a blind comparison, you might not be able to pick the two apart. I wouldn't compare to... Omar Vizquel to Ozzy Smith. I would compare him to another Venezuelan shortstop who's in the Hall of Fame, Luis Avaricio. That, and and, and that, that's a good point, Alec, because there's actually a lot of middle infielders through the 50s, 60s, 70s, if you look at their offense, I mean, you're talking about Bill Mazeroski, Nelly Fox, some of those guys. Also um, had a Bill Mazeroski. So, yeah, but in an era where offense was really emphasized, I my vote is a no for Biscell, regardless of the other stuff. I, I, I've held that. I, not, I'd say not even close. There's some guys that are close, Scott Rowan, Andrew Jones, that I'm not voting for right now that I might think about, but... I look at Biscale. It wasn't like you you went to the ballpark. Oh man, Biscale's playing today. I can't wait to see what he does. Whereas in the '80s, you went to the ballpark. If you were seeing the Cardinals play, it was like I can't wait to see Ozzy Smith play. Is he going to do a backflip? Is he going to wow me? And again, this is the 
13-year-old me coming out against yeah. the, the 35-year-old well, me. Best yeah, defender on that Indians team. Yeah, Vizcal played for some great teams and was a but a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's just not there for me. Kenny Lofton was the best defender on those Indians teams. And he was one and done. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah pretty he, he really deserves a case. Oh, Albert Bell, that's another one. That's another one. I'd go Lofton all day over. And and Ozzy was a 76.9 war, Omar 45.6. So t- that's that's crazy. They're not even in the club. Not even in the ball. I'm glad you brought that up, Ted. Thanks. Because I, I feel like they're not, but sometimes I look at their statistics, and I think Glenn mentioned it. Just put a blind comparison together, and it's like, how's it? Kirk, have you recovered from the, the shock of everyone's opinion on Vizcal? I know you left for a I didn't, I didn't, get, I didn't, get, I, I didn't say my, hey, I didn't <laughs> say my opinion of Vizcal yet. So. Go for it. Vinny, take it away. <laughs> this is how I personally feel about Vizcal. Um, first off, I say this. 11 gold gloves is 11 gold gloves, like it or not. And I'm someone yeah, Garrett that really, Jeter has five, and he wasn't really that great of a defender. <laughs> well, l- let me get to that, Alec. You see, <laughs> I'm someone that was always like, when it comes to people with lots and lots of gold gloves that aren't in, I really want you. Like Jim Cock, I really, 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 really want you. Or well, Keith Hernandez, I really, <laughs> really, really, really want you. And, you know, usually with Vizquel, I'm kind of the same way because I'm one of those people that really, really values um, defense. However, those people were a little bit better in terms of players as opposed to someone like Vizquel. And... I don't know. With this guy, I go back and forth. It really comes down to like, he'd be like my last pick, but I could easily be swayed by someone else. Um, like, if you had actually me to vote for a 10th guy, I'd say this Kel, and I wouldn't really think one way or another about it because, like, you know, he's been there, and, you know, there might be some that get very, very angry towards this Kel. I honestly don't care. It's one of those, another one of those instances where, hey, you have the gold gloves. I appreciate okay. gold gloves. The and- gold gloves are garbage, though, Vinny. They are garbage, but at the same time, you know, when you have, I don't know, I, I, I'm just someone that always liked a lot of defense. And, you know, I would not, if, if I had a coin, I'm honestly coin flip on this guy. I can easily be swayed the other way. I honestly don't really care. Uh, going, going back to gold gloves and going back to Raphael Palmeiro, remember the gold glove he went at first base when he played 16 games that season? Played 16 <laughs> exactly. games at first base with the gold gloves. But his defensive, advanced defensive uh, stats, stats show Palmeiro is a very solid defensive first base. But in 16 16 games? <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. All right. um, <laughs> that is messed up. I, I'll say this because I... I don't know, maybe because I have a little website and maybe because I do a bunch of other shit. But if I were to put together the top 100 worst awards ever, it would all be Gold Glove. (laughs) Derek Jeter got five Gold Gloves just because SportsCenter played a couple plays of him I'm not, I, I'm not shitting on Derek Jeter. I'm just saying, like, the top 100 ever. Like, Palmero, like uh, Evan said. I want just, like, a bunch of other shit. They're, like, the gold glove is garbage. You win a gold glove, you didn't win shit. I'm sorry. You didn't win anything. It was interesting. As an Astros fan, Kyle Tucker was the finalist for the gold glove, and he was the fourth worst or fourth best outfielder on the Astros. Springer was better. Uh, Reddick was better, Brantley was better, and like all of a sudden the return is like, why the heck is Kyle Tucker in the final 
I mean, when it, when it comes to it, it's like, I mean, like, I know that gold gloves are kind of meh. I think when it comes down to, like, gold gloves, it's like, you know, it's an award they have. It's for defense. I mean, it, it's the same thing with Silver Slugger. It, it, it's it's, sort it's of garbage. I know. It is total garbage. It, it's like, uh, how do I put this? Uh, there have been, like, cases where... In the NCAA, where they're, where they're working on, like, okay, who's going to be – what's the coaches' poll? The coaches didn't actually vote on this. Right. Uh, Kirk, what do you think about the Lady Bang Trophy? Is that a fair? Oh, it's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think when it comes to the gold clubs, I kind of see it the same way as Silver Suckers. I say, hey, you guys voted mm-hmm. as him as a phenomenal yeah. defender. Defender, you might as well honor it. That, I mean, do I personally like it? No, but I'm just playing. I'm just pulling their own words against them. It, you gave them the honor against, but it's not, you know, something that you're going to tell me. And, and there's just and there's just been so many. There have been so many great defenders through baseball time that were before the Gold Glove. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ignoring those people at all. Okay, I mean, uh, okay, I okay. Think, so we're 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 sort of like uh, discussing okay. old Vizcal. Let's just move on to uh, Scott Rowland. Oh, yeah. A man. Yeah. Yes. A man. Definitely. All right, because, like, at this It'll point, the next guy Vizquel, like, I, I think we've talked enough yeah. about him, but, like, Rowland is a very interesting character for me. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, please. So, uh, Rowland, to me, is a guy, I don't know what year he's in, first one or two or three, um, but... I, I'm still saying no right now, but I'm open to, to you guys' debate. So that's why I'm going to kick this off and hear you guys debate. Because I, I just didn't see him as a guy that when you played the Cardinals or the Phillies, that it was like, oh, man, Roland's going to kill us today. That's the guy in the middle of the lineup we got to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was mm-hmm. another guy. And, and so this is purely subjective, not objective. Um, and so, I, you know, okay, Roland's pretty good. Look at his defense, top notch. I don't know how many gold gloves he has. We all we don't care, but if you looked at his play, if you hit to the left side, he's going to get to it, just like some of the other greats like Cooper Jones, Ken Caminetti, all those guys. Um, offensively, you know, okay, good across the board, nothing standing out. Um, 500 doubles. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, and and decent home runs. Uh, I'll put him in context of Aramis Ramirez. If you look at their offensive numbers, kind of the same, but if you look at their war, there's a big gap. Um but Wrigley's like a pinball machine. So what, what ended up happening is I got in a debate with another guy. He basically, he, he argues that Scott Rowland is a top 10 third baseman of all time. Name 10 third baseman of all time that are better than Scott Rowland. And I had trouble coming up with it statistically, uh, longevity-wise, defensively, across the board. And so now that guy's got me thinking. Still not there yet. I still think he's kind of on the cusp. He's pretty good. He played in there with a lot of power. I'll put aside some of the injury issues because you can look at Larry Walker and some other guys that had injuries, Todd Helton, which you may talk about. I'm not going to completely blame that on him. So I'm on the cusp. I'm a no for now, but I'd love to hear what you guys say about Helton. So Roland's in his fourth year. Um, last year he was at 35%. Right now he's pulling at 65 but obviously that's going to drop. He'll probably be probably around 55 right in there, maybe a little lower. Staying higher, though. A lot higher I think you, you kind of nailed it, though. I, I see him very similar, his trajectory, 
probably will get in faster than Walker, but similar type player. Walker was really solid analytically, not the most popular guy out there, just a solid all-around player, did a lot of things great, but didn't have, you know, 600 home runs, you know, things like that. And for me, that's how he is. His defense is great. He's definitely top 10 third baseman of all time. So he's an easy one for me, even though, again, when I watched him play, he didn't feel like it sometimes, you know, like a, a Bonds or something like that or a Clemens. But when you really dig into it analytically, it's not its not even a debate. He's in. So here, here's what I'll say about that. So third base in the Baseball Hall of Fame is like center in the Football Hall of Fame. Yep. It's massively – it's the most underrepresented position by far. Uh, and if you go by war, you're your top, your top ten third baseman by war all time. Schmidt. Eddie Matthews, Wade Boggs, Adrian Beltre, who's not eligible yet, George Brett, Chipper Jones, Ron Santo, Brooks Robinson, Paul Molitor, Scott Rowland. So he's 10th. 11th, by the way, is uh, Edgar Martinez, who was debatably a third baseman. And after him is Greg Nettles. Yeah, Greg Nettles is right after him. Is another interesting case at some point. So at least that way, he's there. I'm actually with David. I've... I mean, he won the he won the Rookie of the Year award the same year that Nomar won the Rookie of the Year award, right? And until Nomar got hit by that pitch in 2003, there's no question who had the greater career. Like it was it was Nomar by far. The difference Nomar was on the ballot twice. He shouldn't have made it a second time, uh, but he was on the ballot twice and fell off. I just kind of feel like Roland benefited in many ways from just sticking around more than anything else. Uh, and he wasn't around a ton of time, and he was on some good Phillies teams. He was on some really good Cardinals teams. But, I, I mean, even on those Cardinals teams, like, the, the, he was on the 04 Cardinals, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Yes, he right. that game. That got that super run off Roger Clemens. Yep. Right, but, but he, that team that got swept by the Red Sox in the World Series when we won, when we won our first one, he's not even somebody who particularly could bothered me when he came up to bat. I mean, that team had Jim Edmonds, who was way scarier than Scott Rowland. Just one and done. Should have. He was fourth in MVP that year, so I think people... Yeah. Edmonds should be Edmonds should be on this list still. Like, I, it's a crime that he was one and done. Edmonds was absolutely amazing. It's, Edmonds and Lofton, again, they didn't like center fielders, I guess. They, they, they like, just did again, just bad people. <laughs> maybe. But I, I'm... I'm I'm in the situation, though, where I'm with David. My original thought is no, but as we're looking at this going forward, it's entirely possible I could also be swayed towards yes, just because the numbers are better than I felt they were at the time. But then, then you have the, you have the is, he, is he Frank Gore situation where Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer because the numbers are better than any of us thought they were. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be swayed. Again, I understand third base is well underrepresented, and he's 10th all-time, which probably may, puts him in there. But I'm, I'm still a slight no for right now. You know what? The Hall of Fame in the third base reminds me it's interesting. There's a, there's a Hall of Famer who played with the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 20s and 30s. His name is, you probably know who he is, his name is Pie Trainer, and he was called once the greatest third baseman ever. Looking back... He's not that great of a candidate. As a matter of fact, I think he's one of the worst BWAA elect, elected players because he played in a heavy, 
He may have a high batting average, but look at his OPS, his WRC. They're very low because he played in such an offensive-dominated time. Roman only finished top 10 in MVP that one year in 2004. Other than that, you know, a couple sniffs at the top 20, 24, and 14. And, and the 14 was with Cincinnati when he was 35 years old. Um, but that's another thing. I look at MVP. Did he lead the league in anything? No, he never led the league in home runs, RBIs, slugging, anything like that. Yeah, but I'm just going, again, I'm not here to debate Pi Trainer, but one of the things about Pi Trainer is the era in which he played, they weren't emphasizing OPS. And you can't get mad at somebody for playing the way that they wanted baseball to be played at the time. If, mm-hmm. if Wade Boggs played now, it would his hype would be ridiculous. We all I can remember so many people hating him on the Red Sox when he was there because he was intent, content to take a walk in big situations. Everyone's like, swing the bat. <laughs> and now, That's now he would just be like, oh my God, Wade Boggs is the greatest player ever, not just because he banged he uh, he put down twenty six beers on a cross country flight allegedly. Like, then decade later, but then came Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn was kind of the thing with, you know, Tony Gwynn, you know, he was, he was a very exciting player and he just hit a lot of, he hit a lot of singles and doubles. Okay. Okay. Here's a player that I really want someone to explain to me why he should be in the baseball hall of fame. Can any one of you tell me why Billy Wagner (laughs) belongs in the baseball hall of fame? He is... In my opinion, after Bonds or Clemens, maybe Helton, the best player on this ballot. Wow. Okay. All right. If you dig dig into his his stats, it's not even close. Okay. Look at ERA plus. I'm serious. Go on. Go on to the website. Look at ERA plus Mm -hmm. over for his number of innings, second all time. All right. Yeah, it's, he was amazing. Like Billy Wagner, it, this is a this is a fact right here. Eleven point nine strikeouts per nine innings pitch. That is the highest of anyone with at least eight hundred innings pitch. That you realize how impressive that is. Like, and and when I when I if you're debating like in football, hey Tony Baselli, short career, but he was amazing. He left. Billy Wagner, if he would have stuck around a couple more years. And he was still dominant when he retired. The guy retired um, just because he spend with time with his kids. That's what it. Ah. If you look at, and and ah. how can you? That, that's a fact. I'll tell you right now. That is a it fact. Is? Wagner was. Wagner, I think, has the most saves for a left-handed reliever in MLB history. Dominant. It's not. Like I mean, it, and he's gonna get in. He might not get in by year ten on here. But he is going to breeze in with with the uh, seniors if he doesn't get in. I, I think I think he'll get in before the senior. I think he'll get in before the seniors. His trajectory has got way up. Era. But he's only got four more years. He has to gain about ten to fifteen percent a year. It's going to be close. So. Hey, listen, we, we've seen we've seen someone like Larry Walker jump up by by twenty by almost twenty two percent in his final year. Tim Raines a while back. It's close. That's another one. I mean, when it comes to those, I mean, I think like, I do think, you know, the more pressure we put on these voters, there could be a chance. It's a more likely chance that we get, you know, bigger, bigger halls and we get the guys we want, like we actually want in the hall of fame. 
I think if we do that more and more, we might actually find a way to get our way. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of closures in the Hall of Fame. It's just a, it's a niche position just coming into it. So I'm not going to say, oh, put all the closures in. So you had those guys in the 70s, the Gossages, the Fingers, the uh, Suiters that, that would go multiple innings. I get it. Uh, Eckersley came along and just was so dominant on both, uh, even as a starter, if you put some of those stats in. Um, and so I was on the fence on Wagner, but uh, but but really the, the strikeouts, the dominance, the longevity. And so then I think, okay, well, there's a bunch of guys like this. Uh, if we put Wagner in, it's going to be a train of 20 more guys. But the, the new breed of closer is all blowing out by the age of 20 or 29 or 30. Is that a fastball trying to throw 100? We're just not seeing that longevity, and that was something Wagner could do. He could throw 100. He could do it consistently. And uh, just seeing, you know, and, I, and I'm looking, and uh, and Alec, you were close to right. He is the second most by lefties. John Franco is two ahead of him, 424, oh, like 424. Um, and, uh, but, you know, okay, there's uh, Francisco Rodriguez is ahead I of like him. him. Um, and so, you know, there's Joe Nathan, John, John Papelbon's hanging around there. So are we going to you know, put all those guys in the Hall of Fame? I don't know, but I'm not seeing, like, a big train. I'm, I'm just thinking – Again, by the end of it, I think he could be a guy that gets in. Uh, if he gets in, great. If he doesn't, then it, it's, it's just hard to rate closers, uh, in my opinion. But I think he certainly was, you know, if you look at number six all-time in saves, the head of Eckersley um, and longevity and the stuff he had, uh, he's a yes for me. When it comes to, like, relief pitchers, like, it's sort of the same thing when it comes to special teamers for me. Like, some people really – some people are very, very quiet on I love them. Like, you want to know you want to know a guy I really want to see, but only had one year on the ballot. I know he's not on here, Dan Quisenberry. Oh, man. okay, okay, yeah, I'm man. with you on that. That guy. That. Oh my god! Like that's a guy that I like. If I you were to tell me the closer, if I were to choose any closer, it would be him instantly, no question. Like I would go dark right straight towards that beautiful mustache of his. And I dip that in bronze. <laughs> well, it would probably be his skeleton. There's, at there's some serious man crushing going on over here. Mm-hmm. No, this mm-hmm. is my this reliever. I want to see getting another look Wagner, is. Though, I've got Quisenberry. He'd be my second after Wagner. Yeah, probably not hurt Wagner this guy. My, uh, my, my guy, my reliever, his name is, uh, for Paul Marblary. I think he's called. He, played with the Senators, Washington Senators in the 20s and 30s. He pioneered the whole relieving spot. He, he was the first pitcher to record 20 seasons, 20 saves in a season, the first to make 50 relief appearances in a season, or 300 in a career. And he also started out as a pick, as a starting pitcher. And he and Lefty Grove have the highest win-loss percentage of that era. Okay. okay, maybe uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. I, I think I think someone just took your spot. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Kirk, Kirk, before before you explode, <laughs> you're, you're, you're practically having a stroke up there. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, this is a big one. <laughs> you feel as strongly I think about Billy Wagner as I do about uh, about Ryan Braun. So go ahead, although for different reasons. Wait, for Vinny and Alec, that was a Sanford and Son reference that Thank Kirk you. was going yeah. for. I know, I know Sanford and Son. <laughs> I, I, I kind of don't know old. Sanford and Son. Is that is that a law firm? But I oh, should mention. Oh fuck off, uh, Red that, Fox. That, that guy you just mentioned it reminds me of Horace Gillum. Like this is a football reference. In case you guys don't know, Horace Gillum is basically the guy that pioneered punting. 
<laughs> That's essentially what it was. All right. Yep. And, All right, and, oh, big, big man crush for war skill. Mm. Sorry, let's get way mm. far away. Kirk, Kirk's got, got this yeah, angst. We got to hear Kirk. Let let's out. go. I do. And it's my show. Let's just be honest here. It's my fucking <laughs> yes, show. Sir. He pays the bills. Billy Wagner sucks. <laughs> That's quite oh, an opening. Okay. Wagner, did any one of you say like, hey, he's the best best reliever in the league? Yes. Yes. No, yes, you God. did not. Absolutely. Oh, well, For you're certain, lying. Some I years, did. He was better than Hoffman. He was the best at the game. Rivera was in the American League a lot. R- Wagner in the National League. He was right there. And I have, I am a Tiger fan. I have nothing to do with Billy Wagner. So it's, yeah. Okay, well, okay, well this is not going well for me. <laughs> well, he, he never led the, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll back up Kirk here. He never led the league in saves. All right. Um, never, well, you guys never led in wins. It doesn't matter. Okay. Never, uh, Let's look at Billy time. Wagner's postseason. Oh come on, ten innings! Mm-hmm. I could, I could dig in t- if I had the time. Dig in and find you a hundred guys in the. Yeah, but you're not. It's things. me doing it. It's me doing it. Oh, Billy Wagner, postseason pitching. Oh, ERA ten point oh three. Ten oh three. One ERA for each game. That's ERA over 14 games. 11.2 innings. This on some staff pitching teams. That's all I got. I I have nothing. I want them more now. I want them even more now. It's okay. Strice and effect. Okay for nine innings. All right. So long story short, uh, Billy Wagner is a great pitcher. But what I ask all of you to do is look at Billy Wagner versus uh, John Franco. I'm a Frank, Franco's top three after Quisenberry, then Franco. Yeah, and that's all. Well, I, I want to see John Franco That's too. all I'm saying. I, I'm not even against. Wagner so much as I am pro Quisenberry who has come up here so much as I, I persuade you on Marbury Kurt I love I like this guy you're right I'm, I'm, I'm with you I like for Marbury but I think those are guys who Billy Wagner is not even close to the next reliever who should be in the baseball hall of fame that's what I think am I right am I wrong Apparently I'm wrong, but that's okay. I, I would say I would say just because, like you know, I would say you know, don't get me wrong. I grew up around here. I know John Franco. He was the saves leader three times. He did lead the relief man of the year award. Wagner only had that once, and he never led it in saves. However, I'd say you know, it'd be very odd if you if you keep out the guy with 11.9 strikeouts per nine innings pitch ratio. <laughs> that, that would be very, very odd. I think for that alone, like, I can't put that guy out. Like, and you know my man crush for, for relievers. It's And he's on the ballot now. Quisenberry's not on the ballot. Franco's not on the ballot. Okay, well, the ballot. fine. I, 
I'll make one more comment about Wagner, then I'll shut up. All right? <laughs> okay. No, keep talking, please. I love it. Yeah. Yep. If you're looking at hitters, you look at now, You everybody looks at OPS or OPS plus. A lot of people do. When it comes to pitchers, it's ERA plus. Number one is by far Rivera. Mario Rivera, he is in his own standard deviation. Yep. Number two in his own standard deviation is Wagner. Nah. And then there's a big gap in everybody else. Go look it up. I'm telling you. It's, it's true. It, it's it's crazy. It, it, there's just such a gap. Right, so, so I'm wrong. Right, no, well, here, here's the thing. I don't think he's going to get in on the ballot because even if he gets a jump now, next year's ballot, again, we're not talking about it, but next year's ballot with that 10-person okay. limit is going to make Another it problem with either debates. for people to, to get up and through because it's going to be Schilling's last. I don't think Schilling, Bonds, or Clemens are getting in this year. Right, no. Which means it's all of their last year next year. Ortiz and A-Rod. And everybody else is going in because I don't think anybody's going to end up getting in from this battle. So I think even if Wagner takes a 20-point jump, He's probably going down 10 points again next year. Oh, I'll, I'll take that right, back. Well, he he won't be I, down 10. All right. I couldn't, I couldn't help but run with that. All right. So let's look at Todd Helton. Ooh, okay. this is yeah. a guy that really has, like, yeah. wore his. All right. Wore. Todd Helton, I love. Underappreciated defender. Probably he's one of the best defensive first basemen of all time. Okay. Above average. Gotta understand, he played in a. Practically a living pinball machine. He's in my top five for this ballot. He's he's good. Again, I think the people that rip I'll be on right him, back. The people that rip on him is the whole anti, you know, Colorado type thing. But again, you dig into his numbers. You got to put him in eventually. And he's the guys that are gaining right now the most are rolling. Uh, Helton, Wagner, and Jones. So those are the guys that are shooting up. So I think he's a slam dunk for me. Yeah. If, if you look at his comparables, just similarity scores, it's Bagwell, Martinez, uh, Vlad Guerrero, Orlando Cepeda, Larry Walker, Jim Rice. And most similar by ages is Joey Votto, Johnny Mize, Hank Greenberg, Frank Thomas, Chuck Klein, uh, Will Clark, who's very, very good. Like, those are all guys who are either Hall of Famers or just below. He should be higher up on this ballot than he is. Uh, here's another thing. Most offensive runs saved by a first baseman. Uh, Keith Hernandez is 120. Then Todd Elton's is 106. Then Adrian Gonzalez is 99. Pulo is 96. John Elrod is 95. He's also someone that I remember seeing the stat where it was compared to like Joey Votto. And... <laughs> The guy was legit. Like when I, when I look at Todd Helton, he's someone that I say. I know that a lot of people want to dunk on core skill, but I actually use that as something that helps him because I know that a lot of people like to say, "Oh, it helps you so much." If core skill was truly that's something that helped you out that much, then how come the Rockies have never won the division, let alone won the World <laughs> Series? How come the Rockies are not are a team that? How come the Rockies? Oh, have never been known for a team that's really been that competitive, like on occasion, yeah, but not really that much. And also, have you ever managed, I mean, Tom's not here, but he could tell you, Tom could tell you right away what it's like to live in Colorado, let alone Denver. It's a mile high above sea level, and you take in less air than you would normally in, you know, normal terrain. So, 
as much as we want to knock on the whole course field thing, in reality, it's more impressive that he got the numbers that he did when he was even there to begin with because he had so much physical burden on him for being there for his entire career. And, you know, when you look at Todd Helton, he is he is the Rockies falling through. And I think, you know, his, his batting average and what he accomplished throughout his career, I'd say definitely, absolutely Hall of Fame worthy. And, hell, even when you look at um, the metrics by um, – He won the 2000 MVP. Yeah, you could say that. But, you know, you also, you also – when I look at him, I say, yeah, that guy should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. And, plus, I also follow a guy that, that does – really, really push for Tom Helton, and, you know, it would be, be criminal if I somehow didn't vote for him. <laughs> so I definitely want him. Don't He's gained him. nearly 30 votes, according to uh, not Mr. Tibbs' Hall of Fame tracker. More the barrier. Uh, o- OPS, uh, top of all the guys on the ballot, he's uh, third behind Bonds and Ramirez. On base percentage, he's second behind Bonds. Batting average, he's first out of everybody. <laughs> Uh, the thing ever she's first out of everyone that that tells you some when he's at the top and yeah. all these metrics both traditional and analytical he's at the very very top not even like top 10 or top five like top three that's how dominant this guy was and you know for those people like he didn't do bro we know he didn't do roy's either so i ha- i don't see any issue why you wouldn't have todd helton in i mean absolutely without a question i'd go with todd helton if i were to vote for one guy that was not Bonds, Clemens, or or Schilling. It would be Todd Helton. It, it would definitely be Todd Helton. And I can vote for four guys. You'd be Bond Schilling. <laughs> no, no, no. If I were to vote for if I vote for guys that were not that, if I had vote for one guy that was not, well, I'd vote for just one. It, it, it would be it, it would be Helton because with and Wag, Wagner would be Wagner would be top five. <laughs> but but I, I would. I'm messing with you, Kirk. Don't worry. I would actually have a couple of guys above Byron. But that's saying I'm saying I don't want him. But Helton, if I had to choose for if I had to choose one guy that was not shilling Bob Clemens, it would be Todd Helton. Easily Todd Helton. Because, you know, it's time we start using the chorus field um, narrative like the opposite direction. Notice how impressive they were in spite of all that. Mm-hmm. All that burden they had to deal with. So yeah, I absolutely Todd Helton. Angry defensively, like Alex said. One of the guys we haven't talked about here is Jeff Kent. Yeah, Jeff Kent. That's a guy that a lot of people don't really mention. Like Jeff Kent, like he had what was like the most amount of um, what was he like most amount of home runs for second baseman? And okay, sure, but I mean, like it, character is, clause, another another uh, bat, also terrible with the uh, the media. Well, All I see is that mustache, and that's that's it. I don't care. That kills it. <laughs> No, 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 no. The mustache makes me want it more. Oh, that, that's right. It goes back to the Quisenberry argument. And it's, yes. It's got a mustache fetish. For, for Kent, um, I would vote for Kent if I had unlimited votes. If you could vote as many guys, yes or no, he'd get a vote. He's about 15th somewhere there on my ballot. Um, so I've got, I wouldn't vote for him just because I don't have enough space. But also, he's in his eighth year and. Last year he was at twenty seven and a half, so I'd feel like I'm throwing a vote away if I was. I think voting. he get definitely gets in by the today's game committee. Yes, I, I, oh, I, I, I think he, he would get it in this way. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, I but mean, then, again, you know, Harold Baines made it after being fallen off the ballot, so I don't really. Well, Fred McGriff is definitely going to be put in by the today's game committee yeah, in two thousand twenty three. 
Brenner Griffiths are one player who benefited from them going to 10 years as opposed to 15. Because he's going to get in sooner than he would have had they kept it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but what I will say is uh, Kent, Kent is just an interesting character. Uh, I mean, he was, he was almost equally unlikable as Bonds on those Giants teams. Um, I will say he's the greatest, greatest person on this thing who was ever on Survivor, a season of Survivor. Hilarious. His Obama also, rants. Wasn't Jimmy Johnson the football coach on? Or? He was, and, and Gary Hogaboom, among others. But uh, he also had the single dumbest mm. um, cover for an injury ever that he slipped in the bed of his truck while washing it when he actually was in the motorcycle. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember watching that beef history video between him yeah, and um, but but he's he's someone who's under consideration for me. Um, I'd have him. I, I have him in the rolling category again. He's not going to get in because he's too far with, with too short a time to get there. Um, but he's he's one of those people who I remember when towards the end of his career they're talking about him as a Hall of Famer, and I was like, are we sure about this? And then I thought about him like oh, he's pretty far up there for most second basemen because uh, when you look at it again, he is. Where is he in second baseman? Uh, he's the 21st greatest second baseman according to Jaws. His and his his uh, other folks who are like him are Joe Gordon, who's a Hall of Famer, won the 42 um, MVP during World War II, but otherwise has kind of questionable. But it's 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 uh, was one of the Hall. best defensive second baseman of all time, Joe Gordon. Okay, but. But Torrey Hunter, Aramis Ramirez, Robbie Cano, Miggy Tejada, Dave Parker, like he's all the people around him are people who are close but not quite there. So I'm he's he's there in the Hall of Fame monitor. Uh, he's there in the Hall of Fame standards. He's halfway there in gray ink. I I don't know. I'm I'm fifty fifty. I can be convinced. But I think Ken's right. It doesn't make any difference because he's not getting in this way. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like, Jeff Ken is someone, like, if there was more votes, like, if there was unlimited, I would have him. But if you're just content, I would not vote for Joe, Jeff Kent. There's some guys on here that mm. I would definitely go after more as opposed to Jeff Ken. And, you know, later on, you've done the veteran Veterans Committee. Sure, but he's not there just yet, so I'm not voting for him here. Well, I want to – I want to add on to what Alex said. You you were saying he'd get in for the today's era. I you know I think he's going to get screwed there because 2023 Bonds Clemens if they don't get in, which it's not looking good. You got Schilling, maybe maybe not will be there. Kenny Lofton, Palmero Sosa, Kevin Brown, Fred McGriff, Bernie Williams, John Franco. He won't be available then, so you have to mm. wait until. Um, 2025. So you add in all those. Guys. Then you've got. And then you got the managers. No, yeah, exactly. And you've got Sheffield, Kent, and then Delgado, Garcia, Para. There's there's at least a lot of 20 guys in that one group. Kent's Kent's out of any gut buddy who's been screwed by the steroid guys. It's probably been Kent. So he he's he's in big trouble. What, the one thing I said, and it was one of our chats about Kent, was there's there's four candidates on the ballot that have ever won MVPs: Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, and Kent. Uh, and Kent beat out Helton last year. Helton batted like 373, but for whatever reason, they put Kent one, uh, Bonds two. Um, 
I, I brought you some good points that have pulled me down on Kent. I, I, I'm a pro Kent guy. I think one of the greatest second basemen offensively, uh, defensively, a lot to leave that desire. He was a late bloomer. Didn't really start quick in numbers until he was 28, 29 years old, but held on for a while. But um, but if I'm going to, you know, he's right in that rolling category, so right on the edge. I, he's a plus. He's in for me now, but um, like most of you guys said, he's not going to really get in, so it's going to come down to a later committee. And I, he was not likable by the media. I don't think he was likable by a lot inside the game. So he may be just that guy that keeps turning left and right, and nobody likes him. Those Giants teams with, with Kent and Bonds and Aubrey Huff, I like those teams were – those teams were like not; they would not win any popularity contest. Yeah. Must be- us came later on. Oh, okay. yeah. I remember like yeah, he was flying the clubhouse walls of those teams. Yeah, but uh, uh, is a whole other level of shilling. Yeah, that, that's like I mean, you say about shilling, but at least he has you know the career with with Huff. I mean, never made an All Star game. The great, sorry, the greatest thing about Aubrey Huff, I just have to say this, and completely. Well, you off, wore a bikini. And if you played MLB The Show two thousand and nine. Every single time Aubrey Huff came up, he played for the Rays then, there was a single heckler in the fan in the stands who would be like, who names their kid Aubrey? <laughs> Drake's parents. And I was, like, I was like, that is so mean. But I thought to myself later, oh, they must have known. <laughs> like, that guy was a jerk. And they decided to put it in the game. But if you ever play MLB The Show 2009, which I'm sure you guys yeah. all have, still on your PlayStation 2s. I um, have those seven. Right, so, so hold on. Guy. We're saying Aubrey Huff is a jackass? I had no idea. Yeah, it's weird. So yeah, uh, um, there's there's um one of the be- uh one of the best uh um I like Kent uh but I wouldn't vote for him. I yeah border above borderline Hall of Famer. It's just that there's been too many there's been two particular second basemen that have been won and done by the writers. That have become that I think should get a second chance, and I'm hoping that they do. Those being Lou Whitaker and Bobby Gritch. Okay, yeah, but Bobby Gritch especially. I know Lou right. especially, but but yeah. that that's not possible. No, I here, say Bobby so. Gritch especially mainly because like at least at least someone like Lou Whitaker has been looked at by the veterans me. Bobby Gritch has not had that yet. No. But don't get me wrong, no. I want Lou Whitaker in too. So don't don't get it twisted. Right, Kirk. All right, so. Uh, Andrew Jones. Yes, yes. Is, is someone who's possible. Of all time. Yeah, Andrew Jones, so, so fun to watch. Player. Ian Willie Mays are the greatest center defensive center fielders of all time. And I, 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 I went after uh, Bill, Bill, Bill James with for his take, and I said, "Man, this take is freezing cold." <laughs> oh, how reminded me of He hasn't let the. He's still going against him. People are tearing him up on that, but as they should. I mean, as they should. <laughs> um, and, I, like, when I look at Andrew Jones, I mean, someone, yes, you could say about, oh, Jimmy, but listen. Listen, for that 10-year stretch, like, he was considered the best center fielder in the game by far, especially defensively. I mean, and, yes, he does have those 10 gold gloves to so back it up. <laughs> but but even besides that, but even besides that, he, wow. he is someone that, you know, when he took at his war, his war is higher than some center fielders that are already in. When you also look at just in general, like, yeah, I understand that he bought about like near the end of his career, but keep in mind, not everyone's going to be completely clean like that. Like, and it happens.
happens. Yes, he had that flash in the pan, but listen, he, he was he was the real deal. And, you know. Yeah, he came in at 19 years old and was a star. Yeah, like just t- 10 straight years. And, yeah, when he was like 29, like, so he really peaked, 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 like, where people reached their prime. So, but not every player is going to be like that. He was done. He was awful once he had 30. Guy was Maybe awful. He, was he, was, he ended his career in Japan. <laughs> Are you questioning his birth certificate? <laughs> I, I have some questions about the Curacao accuracy. I mean, as great as he was at 19, he played, I'm just, it doesn't really matter. So let me take it a different way. Let's just say he came in at 23 and played until he was 33 or 34. Would your argument be different? You know, people say he flamed out. At no, he was, he was a very good defensive first or center fielder. He was a great offensive center fielder. 400-plus yeah. home runs. A lot of people say, well, he didn't get 2,000 hits. Well, that's not a problem to me. Yeah, I have to say, he is, according to War, the 11th greatest center fielder of all time. Number Where 10 is that? Is that? Uh, number ten is Kenny Lofton. I would like to point out. <laughs> oh, Kenny Lofton, who is who is my bang the table guy. Um, but it's uh, Mays, Cobb, Speaker, Mantle, Mike Trout, Ken Griffey, Joe DiMaggio, uh, Duke Snyder, uh, Beltron, Lofton, Jones, and behind them are Richie Ashburn, Andre Dawson, and Billy Hamilton. All of them are the, the old Billy Hamilton, not the young one. All of them are Hall of Famers. So, like. He's right in there, even with the shortened career and the precipitous fall off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to say, those Braves teams, as much as they were known for their pitching, it was Chipper and Andrew. Were like they were, they were the offense on those teams. They were the. Javier Lopez was pretty good. Oh, okay, true. That is true. He was. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm of the opinion again. He's right in the middle for me. I actually lean slightly yes. On him, as opposed to slightly you know, on Kent and Roland, I'm legitimately coin flip. Um, but I would, I actually lean slightly yes on Andrew. I'll, I'll, I'll come back and say about the same. Uh, lean slight no. A couple of things that bother me is the 254 lifetime average is just not something you see for an outfielder as good defensively as he was. Um, just that, you know, as an example, Omar Vizquel was 272. Um, and then, and also, he just didn't walk a lot, and I know that's a minor thing, but it's on base yeah. percentage. Well, Reggie Jackson has a six, two, six, 262 average. That, fair. Uh, um, 500 home runs versus 434. Um, and, but Andrew Jones is on base percentage of 337. Um, and, you know, to, to frame it right above he him. Some, he had some wheels, though. Above, uh, above him is Shane Victorino, and below him is Omar Vizquel. So, uh, that's <laughs> Below Vizquel is Hunter, and after that, it's all pitchers. So of all the candidates on the ballot, I'm just sorting by the ones on the ballot. The last three are Jones, Vizquel, Hunter. So didn't get on base, didn't hit for an average. Good power, good defense. But I'm just a slight no for now. Uh, but he is on my future consideration radar. He's in his now fourth year, um, same as uh, Roland. So those are two guys. And Bobby Abreu, who we may talk about sooner, that I'm still kind of coming around on. Want to talk about Bobby for you then? I mean, Liche. Anybody else got anything on Andrew? Liche. I can talk about Bobby for you because I actually spoke to some big fan of Bobby for you actually online. It'll come douche. It'll come douche. That's what they call it. Yeah, like when you look at. 
Bobby Abreu is someone I would consider him the most underrated guy on here. Mainly because, if you just look at his numbers, he's only one of seven players to ever to have recorded at least 900 career extra base hits and still at least 400 bases. Who are the other ones? Ty Cobb, Hall of Famer. Tris Speaker, Hall of Famer. Craig Biggio, Hall of Famer. Onus Wagner, Hall of Famer. Paul Molitor, Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds, still on the ballot. That alone could tell you that Bobby Abreu was as underrated as he was, only had a two-all-star and, you know, he, he also did stuck around. That's a, But at the same time, his batting average was still very, very high. It was 291. Uh, this also a guy whose war was 60.2. That is roughly when it comes to war, that is 10 on this, tied with Andy Pettit. Um, and not only that, like, as for the war seven numbers, he's also 41.6. Um, yeah, when I, when I just look at someone like Bobby Brayu, he's also 50.9 Jaws. I mean, I'm someone that would vote for Brave just to make sure he stays on this ballot because I think he's someone that I believe deserves discussion as time goes on. Do I think he's going to make it this year? Obviously, I don't. But I would not ignore him because, listen, the, the facts from the numbers, whether that – don't look at the accolades. Look at just the pure basic numbers, even the war. It's in his favor. I just vote for him just to make sure he stays on here because I do think he is someone that deserves intense discussion. That, that's I'm right there with you, Vinny. I feel the same way. You're gonna hate this, but my my tenth spot came down to two guys. It's Abreu to keep him on, or Schilling. And so I tabled Schilling for one more year, which I again I had always voted Schilling in my hypothetical. So I took away Schilling and gave my last spot to Abreu just to keep him on because I feel the same way you do. Abreu was actually the last guy added on mine. Um, I was thinking between I was thinking in between Vizquel and um, Abreu. However, the reason as to why I went with Abreu, I just recently went with Abreu over Vizquel, is because the more I really look at Abreu, I say, "Wow, this guy really, this guy really had like all the numbers when it came down to it." And I say, "Yeah, like why not keep him on the ballot?" I mean. I'm he barely. I'm so happy he just snuck in because, you know, Jimmy Baseball is not as fortunate. But I'm happy that Bobby Bray was enough fortunate enough to make it, and I hope he stays here for the whole ten years, or at least, or maybe gets in even sooner. I don't know. I, I just hope that he's someone that people discuss about more and more because I do think there is a legitimate case there. May not be there in the All Stars or the awards, but if you just look at the how he played, I mean. His numbers comparable to guys that never knows his legends. And when you mention guys like Honus Wagner and Ty Cobb and Paul Molitor, people that dominated their positions, and Bobby Abreu has, 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 is in the same company as them, I mean, you're talking about someone who was pretty special as a player. Like 291, and he played for that long, like 18 years. Like, come on. I mean, it's a yes. Here's interesting, interesting about Bobby Abreu. Here are the players with least... 400 stolen bases, 1,400 walks, and 2,400 hits. Barry Bonds, Ricky Henderson, Joe Morgan, Eddie Collins, and Bobby Abreu. And if all of them are in the Hall of Fame, or in the case of someone like Bonds is on the ballot, I don't see... 
I mean, just keep that. When you mention all those names that are already in the Hall of Fame, everyone knows they're legends. I don't see why you could not have a Bray when his numbers are comparable to literal icons that everyone knows are legends. It would be kind of silly not to have someone like that, especially unlike Bonds that we know of, didn't do any roids. So, yeah, that's an easy vote for me for a Brave, absolutely. Hey, does anyone have anything to say on Pettit other than what we've already done? No, I think we kind of covered Pettit pretty well. Um, Post postseason wins. Yeah, that's kind of that's really with them, Pettit, and also as someone from this area. Most they wins like in the two too. Indeed, he had entire wins for a whole decade. So, um, do you think we should probably talk about the uh, the guys, like the three guys that are on the ballot for the first time that um, that might actually have a chance? Hudson, Burley, and Hunter. Can I just say that Michael Kadire is the worst player on the ballot? <laughs> you can say that. Worse than can say it, but we all know that's the answer. There are six other batters who they did put on here. I have to go back and find them. I looked at because I had a list prior to this. But there are six other batters who are way higher up on this list than Michael Kadire. So I'm sorry. Who's uh, who's lower though, Kadire or Latroy Hawkins? I was for me. I was like, how did Hawkins do this? I'll tell you how he played for 21 years. That's how he made the ballot. And he was never the best guy or even a, a, a really good guy. He just, just stuck around and stuck around and stuck around and never <laughs> just, I guess, he, I guess he was just lucky. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, he played for the Twins for a long time. Then he just started to, hey, you're a Cubs, uh, Giants, Orioles, Rockies. Hey, who wants to play his career with Blue Jays. Yes, he did end his career with the Blue Jays. and But... No one's going to vote for little Troy Hawkins. or, But, yeah, that, when it comes to all these first ballot guys, the only three I can really look at having a chance are Burley, Hunter, and Hudson. They even stay around. A chance to be in this state till next year, really. Well, yeah, I feel like, for me personally, Burley was very, very dominant when it came at, to his defense as a pitcher. And Hunter, like it or not, like, he had a real, he had a he was a he was decent he was a pretty good hitter pretty good hitter and you know he was like it or not has those gold gloves. I feel like the odd man out here is Tim Hudson and I mean I don't want to knock on Tim Hudson. This guy has over two has like two hundred and twenty two wins. He also is someone that every single team in the majors only fifteen only only fourteen other guys did that. And I don't know when you look at someone like. And when I look at a guy, let's say Tim Hudson, I see him as someone that's like, okay, he might get a vote, but, and he always had a winning record every single year. And, you know, out of everyone that has a winning percentage above 600, 600 and out of 200 games, 14 out of 21 are in. And in a way, so there's like a two out of third chance he'd make it. However, when it comes to someone like Hudson, I mean, would I really take someone like Tim Hudson over the guys that are already on the ballot? No. What, is he the best pitcher on here? No. I would take Schilling, Clemens, and Wagner especially over him. And even, even though I didn't vote for him this year, I'd vote for Pettit over Tim Hudson because he was very dominant in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to vote no for Tim Hudson, and I think this is really his best chance. Uh, I'm guessing you guys are feeling the exact same way on him. Yeah, he's a no. Just not enough spots. 
Burley's going to be interesting. Burley will probably get the five percent. I think it's going to be close for him, but I think the other two are going to fall short. That's yeah, perfect. I think game. And Kirk, Kirk's going to owe me a beer uh, here. Yeah, and, we and made said on the on the pod that uh, the people coming on would get at least seven point five percent of the votes, and uh, Burley's going to get me five percent on his own. So all I need is all I need is a couple more for everybody else. I mean, uh, as much I. I want to see. I want to see Tory Hunter make it. When I when I saw Tory Hunter when I was younger, I saw this guy. Wow, this guy was literally a demon as as, as for his defense. And yes, I know that he stole the base for Barry Bonds. But with me, with Tory Hunter, I always I've always saw him as a great center fielder. But at the same time, with ten votes, I can't vote for him. That's as simple as that. I mean, as much as I want to be nice to Tory Hunter, I gotta be honest here. I, I added those ten guys who would not be one of my ten. I'm guessing everyone feels the same way. Yeah, here's a nice player. Yeah. Andrew Jones. With there's Andrew Jones, why vote for Tory Hunter when you have a better uh player with Andrew Jones? Yeah, you might as well vote for Andrew Jones. I mean, like I don't know why you would vote for I mean, Grant's to be fair. Hunter was the better hitter than Jones. However, let's be real. Hunter, at his peak, was definitely better at his position than, than Tory Hunter. Yeah, and as for Burley, that, that's really the only guy I could see making 5% here because of his defense. And, you know, he's fifth. And the perfect game. Yes, perfect game. And, and a no-hitter, don't forget. I mean, everyone's up with that perfect game. He also had a no-hitter, too, back in 2007. And he and, had a thing for, like, getting out there and and just getting out fast. Yeah. He it's was. Two hours early. off in a game. Burley only needs about seven more votes out of 60 unknown ballots, 60% of the unknown okay. ballots to get the 5%. So yeah. he, I'm very confident he's going to make that. Like, Burley, I'm not going to vote for Burley because of the 10, but, again, he's one of those people where I would want to see him be discussed more. The reason why I had Abreu on and not someone like a Burley is mainly because Abreu was in special company with, like, literal legends of the game. And even though Burley was definitely one of the best when it comes to defense, I would say just in, because just the names associated there, I'd give it to Abreu. But that's not saying I don't want Burley. If there were more votes, I would definitely put Burley in. But considering there aren't enough votes, I have it like this. I have a question for you guys about somebody who's not on the ballot because they didn't play long enough. Uh, so one year short of being able to be on this ballot was Josh Hamilton. Oh, man. So, Hamilton, in order to be on a ballot, you have to play for at least 10 years. Hamilton, talk about somebody whose career was entirely ruined by drug usage. Uh, he he only ended up playing nine, so he ended up just short. If Hamilton was on this ballot, how would you feel about his chances? Below, I would for me, he'd be below Torrey Hunter, but good player, just not there. Why would he though? I mean, yeah, Josh Hamilton, I mean, me, I don't. I never really liked their rule of only having like you know. I would prefer someone, let's say, like had like seven. Like I never really someone like for just ten because, like I guess probably because I I know a lot about the the football one and mainly because like you know there's a guy that was in there that played for six years but he was very dominant position. Josh Hamilton, when he was there, he was the Texas Ranger. I know there's Adrian Beltre there, but when I was younger, when I saw someone like you know. Josh Hamilton, I saw, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the Texas Rangers. That's the Texas Rangers. And during his peak, like, he was one of the best players in baseball. And I understand about their rule. And, again, I have lots, I have lots of feelings in there. 
I don't care if there was, if there was, I personally would be someone that if he was on here, I'd probably put him on there before Hunter or Burley or Hudson actually, because of how much, how much of an impact he had on those Texas Rangers teams. I understand the rule and I know my own thoughts of it and I, it's BS and everything, but you know, it's, it is what it is. Maybe down the line, maybe like in 20 years, they could revisit this. Yes. He had drug usage, but again, it's all the things, but, but, but not, but not drug usage in a way that improved his situation. Oh, I, 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 I know, I know, I know. Don't yeah, worry. So, but, but I mean, unlike some of these other guys, he won an MVP. He was top uh, 10 and MVP three times. He didn't start his career until he was 26. He's done it 34. Oh, stuff. But at least in terms of his overall peak, the five-year peak between 27 and 32, there or 31, there wasn't anybody in the game who was there, better there, than him. There, there, he was in the top five in the game during that entire five-year period. I mean, um, he was also in the MVP voting. Like all those times, he was like top five in MVP. He was like top ten in MVP three times. I know he was like top the top top 25 one time. Like with me, I understand about the rule, but I would personally say because his peak, like again, Josh Hamilton was one of the one of the best players like in that that era, and because like you know, it's kind of when I really really started to really get into the sport. Like that was someone I kind of have a soft spot for. Like he's not the one I have a soft spot for. He'll be up in a few minutes. That, that, that's David Wright. That's someone who I really have a soft spot for. A little bit too tender, but I would say no, no, very very tender. Like I have like you know. One time, I like did a project in high school, uh, not high school, elementary school about him. Um, but yeah, well, like Hamilton, it's like, what? yeah, five years ago in elementary school when you were there. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm young, but I'm not that young. <laughs> but I think just I don't know. Like, I feel like they should change something like that because, like, I don't know. It's like, so, yes, so you're, he, saying, you're, you're saying it's supposed to ten if you have nine, but have legitimate. Circumstances for discussion, like an MVP. In my I don't think it would matter. I don't think they, they would. would. Oh, I'm not saying they would vote for him, but yeah. I'm just saying, like you know, just put him on. I mean, it. come on, you can't tell me that Hamilton's a better player than Michael Goodye, or you can't tell right. me he's a better player than Latroy Hawkins or Shane Victorino. I mean, like yeah. you can't, you can't so, tell um, me that, that they're the Hawaiian did have. You know who else is a guy that uh, had a very short peak, and it looked like he was going to be a Hall of Famer. He, he played more than, he played 10 years, but he didn't make the ballot, and that was Grady Sizemore. From 2006 to 2008, he looked like he was going to be the next big thing in Major League Baseball. But then injuries, of course. The, the key piece in the trade of the Expos actually making a trade to win, a, win something when they uh, traded for Bartolo Colon from the yep, Indians. Sizemore is a key piece in that. It would be, uh, it would be interesting what – I think we – I'm guessing maybe we would all agree that Dale Murphy's been short sure. so far, but if you look at his eight or nine year career when he from the age of twenty four to thirty one when he was MVP one one seven nine silver sluggers, you know, blood and RBIs. That's a guy that if you put he shortened his career like Josh Hamilton, that would have just as much a case. It just was the front and the back end of his career that Right, yeah. Dale Murphy is someone who, when he was playing, everybody thought was a Hall of Famer, and then he came up on the ballot and somehow never made it. With Dale Murphy, like, all these people want to talk about characters. Like, bro, this man won a human, a World Humanitarian Award. Like, you you keep – they all they do is just 
knock on anyone that does anything bad for their life, but they never, they never once want to honor people that have actually done things that are objectively morally right, which is why I hate the character clause. It's because way too often they don't use it to honor people. They use it to discriminate people. And the biggest example of that is someone like Dale Murphy, who not only has he, was he a great player with the Braves two-time MVP, I mean, the guy, the guy would literally legitimately cared about people. So if you want to, if you care so much about character, bro, he's your, he's your guy right there. Absolutely. But at the same time, he's not on this ballot. So I can't even mention, I can't yeah, mention that. His next time is 2024 modern era. Here's the other guys that I put on my list. There's about 11 guys, not again, not counting managers, you got Whitaker, Tiant, Thurman Munson, Dwight Evans, Bobby Gritch, Keith Hernandez, Tommy John, Rick Russell, Dale Murphy, Craig Nettles, Don Maddenly, Dwight Gooden, Jim Cat, all the Dave Parker, all those guys. And what happens is when they do those those things, everybody's allowed four votes. And it it's cronyism at its best. You know, that's what happens here. But how is anybody from that group going to pull ahead? It, it's it's a mess. Well, I also think I prefer bigger than uh, – I mean, I know that a lot of people always say, oh, you keep it small. You look back then, if you look very back then, you notice that they actually been putting less and less and less people for in for a year oh, than yeah. actually more. Yeah. I know they keep saying, oh, keep it small, keep it small. Oh, back when you were younger, they didn't do that, so stop punishing us. And I right. say us as in me, myself, as someone. I don't want the same thing to happen to you, and I want to help you guys out. Like, uh-huh. And hell, like I said – I want to do the same people from the 1800s. I don't care. I want to help everyone. No, I don't. And I'm not saying I want every Joe Schmo and and Mark Mendoza, and I'm not one of those people. But at the same time, like these are legitimately iconic players, like Thurman Munson. Oh my God! Like he barely, barely, he died just barely on there. And everyone thought of him as a Hall of Famer. Like, like when I saw one of those plays, they were all seen as a legend, an icon. Don Maddie, oh my God, like, that's another huge name. Keith Hernandez, I mean, shit, this guy's number is even retired by the Mets. I and break everyone some news here. Huh? I want to huh. break some major baseball news. Oh, what happened? George Springer's signing with the Blue Jays. <laughs> Congrats to uh, you. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. Congrats, hey, I'm man. Excited. Oh, I'm, sorry, Congrats. I'm sorry, David, and congratulations, Alec. So, but yeah, going, going speaking, of, speaking, yeah. Of, speaking of Dave, Dave Parker, like, if there was a fifth spot I would be able to vote for besides, you know, um, Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, uh, Lou Whitaker, and, and um, Dwight Evans, he would be my number fifth, easily. When I see Dave Parker, like, I, the Cobra, I mean, oh, badass name. And when you thought of those Pirates teams, I had always thought of, yeah, and Munson too, like, like, Munson was the Yankees in the 70s, and I'm like saying, you know, I mean, yeah, Munson was that. the captain. Mattingly was the Yankees when they sucked, mm-hmm. and he won an MVP, batting title. Yeah, he had great, another, but again, another guy that was shortened because of injuries. And, and like, but uh, yeah, um, but yeah, that, right, that's so a, the short neuter injuries weren't really good. No, I think, no, I, th- I, th- I think we're all good. Is there anything else we need to do? Well, well, let's do? Let's do our vote. Let's do our vote. Do a um, vote so here? Who are we voting for? Oh, we're going to yeah. do a vote? Yeah, I, I mean, think yeah. so. I have to think about things? Oh, okay. 
Oh, don't worry, man. I mean, we've been saying them, things. Should we? So, are we saying we vote up to ten guys and we send them to Kurt? Oh God, no! Please don't. <laughs> yes. yes, please. <laughs> okay, ten guys send them to Kurt. Okay, sounds good to right, me. Why, why, do, why do we just say them, guys? Like, go, take take a minute and go through. And, I've, and got, right, I've got my ten already. I'm four beers in. All right. Go ahead. If you got it, go right. ahead. So again. Remember, I'm taking into consideration the, the politics of the ballots and all that crap that is a bunch of BS, but... Yeah, absolutely. It I've is. got Bonds, Clemens, Helton, Roland, Wagner, Manny Ramirez, Sheffield, Jones, Pettit, and Abreu. That's my I got Bonds, Clemens, Helton, Schilling, Roland, Abreu, uh... Ramirez, uh, and, uh, Pettit, and, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Burley. For the record, there are two Ramirez's. We need to be more specific about that. Danny. Oh, I didn't mean the Ramirez. Uh, I'm sorry. I meant, uh, I meant, uh, I meant, uh, I meant Sosa. I meant to say Sosa, not the two Ramirez. Ramirez. Okay. Um, I have Schilling, Clemens, Bonds, Roland, Wagner, Helton, Ramirez, Jones, Sosa, and Abreu. That's ten. Did I say Abreu? Yeah, I said Abreu. I, I so said did Abreu. I say Abreu? Yes, you said Abreu. All right. All right. I'm going through this, guys. I only got nine. Okay, that's fine. Um, so I, I have him in alphabetical order, my thing. So I have Andrew Jones, Barry Bonds, Bobby Abreu, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, Scott Rowland, and Todd Helton. I don't, again, I don't have Manny because I have personally the line in the sand of testing positive after they had testing. That's my personal line in the sand. I know it doesn't matter, but that for me is, is a difference. So. Anyone else? I've only got, I only got four. I'm going to go Kent, Wagner, Houghton, and Schilling. That's it. That's the only question. I understand why, too. And I do think one thing we did not mention, we should, because it happened yesterday. Uh, we did have the passing of uh, another baseball hall of famer. Uh, I always feel like part, Kirk and my podcast is a large portion devoted to people who have died, unfortunately. Uh, but Don Sutton passed away at the only at the age of 75. And we've had got to be 10 hall of famers, uh, die in the last, I don't know, since May. Like the Alan last would have been an 11th. Yeah. For I'm too sorry. Many. Alan would have been 11th. Yeah. And, and oh, one thing for you. I have to get this off my chest. I was going to save it for our podcast. I'm going to do it now. Fuck you, Hall of Fame. And here's why. The Football Hall of Fame managed to get it together where they had a, a vote where everybody could do it online for eight and a half hours. Yep. And, yep. And managed yeah. to do it. And baseball was like, too hard. No, they said it was too hard, and they said that their process was too sacred to be on Zoom. And you know what? Mm. You know what happened? Dick Allen, one of the most requested yeah, guys, died. died. So they basically... And guess what? Because of that, I blame them because because of that that poor man had to literally su- 
he never got the satisfaction of being told by the people in charge that he was a Hall of Famer. And because of that, you, you, you've hurt this man's image. You've hurt this man's, um, you've hurt this man's image. You've hurt this man's, you're like, this stuff is pretty serious. And not only that, it's absolutely embarrassing. And it's because of that, it's because of their incompetence and we're just not understanding how technology works is why we're probably not gonna have anyone make the Hall of Fame this year. Good on you. You deserve all the blame. We still need a Glenn and Kirk, right? Uh, okay. I, I'll, here we go. Shilling? <laughs> yes, oh, absolutely. Kirk Schilling. He's, he's top on my list. Uh, we'll go, uh, what a twist. <laughs> you're killing me. Uh, we'll go Clemens, Bonds, Roland, Wagner, Sheffield, Halton, Jones, Pettit, Abreu, and Hudson. Hudson gets a little. Kirk, you got anything other than a pillow? <laughs> well done. Is thanks. it in my pillow? Uh, oh, oh, ouch. No, no, no. Uh, Clemens Bonds. No, 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 That's no. all I got. No, but uh, all right. I think, uh, Kirk, are we good to close at that point? Mm-hmm. I no, wait, wait. Yeah, what's yours? Clemens yeah, Bonds. That's all I got. Speak. What do you, you say? Clemens and Bonds. Clemens and Bonds. Got it. No one else? No. Nobody had, nobody had the scale. Is that correct? No. Yeah. Of crowd for him. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for thank you for the uh, the second one of these in like five days here. Um, oh, don't worry. Adam. <laughs> so so what is that? What's that tabulated at? Um. So we have. Uh, I tried to write them down, but you guys were talking too fast. Remember, if, if you have, if we you can, can check, check the first, post them in the uh, in our chat, and then we'll post them afterwards. Somebody can do, yeah. Yeah, somebody yeah. do the math. Post them over in the uh, in our Twitter chat. Six out of if six out of um, seven of them say yes, he gets in. Um, if you have five or less, you don't. And my understanding, so again, I don't think, right? Uh, no, I do. Two people. David only had four, and they don't overlap. So I don't know if anybody gets in. The, no, 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 that's not true. Because uh, Clemens and Bonds, I think, and also. Yeah, just comments and bonds. Yeah. If anybody had any of the two, the six that we had. <laughs> so who are your four, David? And I think I think also Helton, too. I, th- I think Helton was also on there. Right? My four were Kent, Wagner, Helton, and Schilling. And somebody else didn't have Wagner, so it was only. That only had Wagner, Helton. too. Yeah, Glenn didn't have Schilling, so Schilling's off. Did anyone else not have Helton? So I think Helton may have made it, too. Nice. Um, right, so, 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 so what do we have? Whitlock didn't have Helton. Not Helton. Oh, no, no, Dave had Helton. Yeah, so Helton was one of the four. So I think those are our three. Just doing oh, nice. Nice. Right. It's, it's already much better than their action. It's, it, it's way better than their hall is going to their class is going to be this year, which is no one. <laughs> yeah, well, at least they didn't have, a, at least they didn't have something last year to make up for, so. Well, yeah, but even then, I'm still not going to give them credit because having a pandemic to, to having a pandemic that's that's not an excuse. You just just because you had a pandemic no, last year. No, no, no. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, let's let's get out of here. Thank you very much for. Hey. Yeah. And uh, see you guys again on the uh, the Greater Not Hall of Fame podcast net, podcast network. <laughs> nice. All right, take care, guys. All right. Thank you, guys. Later. Adiós.